Welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. Pour a glass, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. On today's episode, we'll meet Rob Picardi. Rob is the chef and owner of Capella Restaurant in Edom. We sat with him in the restaurant for this episode and listened to some great stories. Sit back, grab a glass, and join us. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you with us. I know it's... Uh, and very nice to meet you on my behalf. Nice to meet you too. You know, I know you have a pretty busy, tight schedule as being uh, the new addition here to Needham. So we're in inside the dining room at Capella Restaurant in Needham. Capella Restaurant. Right. Very nice place. Beautiful layout. Um, I would eat here, and I'm going to eat here now that I've, I've learned about You're it. You better. And uh, we're here with Chef Rob, owner, right, and also the, the man behind the uh, culinary scene in the kitchen. Um, Rob, not only have we been friends, co-workers, um, we've been affiliated on different levels, we've done quite a bit of stuff together. You guys uh, have known each other for what, 20 years? Since 2006, I want to say, right? Yeah, feels longer than that. It feels longer than that, right? The usually does with that, Frank. But um, what... I, <laughs> How did you guys meet, or do you well, want to start anywhere else? Uh, when I was in the restaurant industry, uh, part of a restaurant group out in Charlestown called Meze at the time, we had a different collaboration where we converted the restaurant to a new concept, and uh, Chef Rob happened to be right out of school, right? You studied over at the Culinary Institute of America in New York. Oh, cool. And yep. uh, we had recruited you. Thanks. There's a little bit of a... Um, oh, you recruited him at Meze. Thanks to one of our our, our, our partners at the time, which uh, Anthony Caterano, uh, owner of Preza and other restaurants, had brought you over to work with us. Yeah, just on the weekends. I just was, on the weekends. I was still in school. Just on the weekends, coming back, doing that. I was doing some stints in New York. And then they would call me when they needed me. When it ended up being almost like full-time when I was in school. <laughs> right. I needed cash, so I would come back and work on Saturday nights and Sundays. Right. And uh, I ended up staying there, like, a- after school. Because, like, it was, like, the only job. Because everything started to dive right around when I graduated culinary school. So I was kind of holding on to jobs right away. Now, you have a fascinating story. I mean, you're still a young guy, in my opinion. You're probably, what, pushing 25? 30? <laughs> 30? 35. All right. Um, no, I'm not that young anymore. Not, but uh, for, for, you know, for a young individual in the industry, you, know, you have, a, in my opinion, a pretty fascinating resume. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what got you started in being a chef uh, okay. and wanting to cook in this crazy business? Yeah. So I, uh, I was a football player, and you know, I had uh, every opportunity to be a great football player, and I was getting recruited by a lot of schools. I went up to prep school, a school called New Hampton. Basically, back then, it was like a jock school. Yep. Kind of had to be asked to go there and play. So, did good. We had a great stint there, and then I got started getting hurt, and my head got all messed up from concussions and blew my knee out, and doctors was kind of like, you know, just time to hang it up. Yep. So, I'm like, uh, okay. So, stopped. I made this, we made a decision, uh, my parents and I, that I wasn't going to play football anymore. But all the schools I was going to were the schools I was gonna, wanted to play football at. All I the schools I got, so I decided, all right, I don't want to go to any school with football. So I enrolled in Suffolk as a finance major. Yeah. And I hated it. <laughs> so, I uh, can see why. <laughs> so I just got up one day in like the second semester and I just walked out. You know, I saw, it, I saw everyone going to work at the same time, 
going to lunch at the same time and yeah. going home at the same time. And I was like, I don't want to be that, that person. I just didn't want to be that. And they're all dressed the same. Just another suit. Yeah, exactly. And so then uh, you you had this epiphany that I'm not doing this anymore. And yeah. then... So I started cooking. I didn't tell my parents I was cooking. And, you know, they got the letter in the mail that I got, like, all zeros on all my class the second semester. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah, so it wasn't good. My dad was... And unfortunately, he's picking it up. He's picking up my, uh, my education. So I was like, "Yeah, Dad, I think I want to cook." He's like, "You're not going to cook. You know, <laughs> it's too tough of a business. You're never going to make any money." He's like, "If you really want to do it, you just work, and we'll figure it out. Take a okay. year off school." So I'm just cooking, cooking, cooking. I'm like, Dad, I, I want to do this. He's like, "All right, now you're going to go out. If you want to really go to CIA, I'm not giving you a dime." He's like, "Go figure it out." Wow. So I figured it out. Good for you. I went to CIA. Um, and for those of us that don't know the CIA, it's the Culinary Institute of America? Yeah, in New York, in, New York. in Hyde Park. <clears throat> so, went to Culinary Institute of America, I loved it. I decided to fall in love with everything about being a chef and uh, my prior experience working in a few restaurants in the city. Um, and everything just started working together. I started staging a few places in the city, then I'd come home and I'd work in Boston. And didn't you also have a short um, stint over in Italy? Didn't you? Yeah, that, that was a little later. Later, okay. Yeah, it was a little later. So, uh, so yeah, I graduated, worked at Copia, and then I started working for like crazy chefs in Boston. You know, I worked for Jeremy Sewell, I worked for Anthony, I worked for Dante. Um, so you've been around the man, block. Yeah, Marco Falli. Like, man, Marco Falli was a huge influence on, on how I cook. So I did him when he had Marco with Matt Abdu, who was a chef over at uh, Del Poso. Yeah, so so I mean I've been around all these great all these great people. So uh, did that, and then eventually started working, working, working. I went to Nantucket for a season. Oh, cool! How was yeah. that? It was awful. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nantucket was awful. Well, so, behind the well, scenes, it's yeah. awful. Well, right? well, what, what was it? What was it? So that was awful. So this is how Nantucket is. Nantucket is <laughs> like you get there and you just work, 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 work. It was you know nine a.m. to two o'clock in the morning sometimes, oh, and it was just me. And one other guy cooked with like three, four hundred people a night. It was crazy, oh, crazy, crazy, crazy. It was this is like right around when the economy crashed, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, oh, that yeah. summer. So it was like tough, and yeah. like nobody was coming. It was like crazy, craziness there. So the deal was, I would have housing, then they pulled my housing away from me. Jeez. And right before Labor Day, right oh before Labor God. Day weekend, was like a huge, last huge weekend. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, you're gonna give me my housing back. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave. Right. Like, we're not gonna. We're you gotta. You gotta figure it out. So <laughs> I just hop on the next Good. boat and I left. And uh, my cousin Anthony at Presley, he had a position for me. I was only gonna stay there for like two, like two or three months because I wanted to go out to San Francisco go cook. And I, my dream was always to go Napa Valley. Napa. Go to yeah. Napa. Go down to L.A. and cook West Coast. And I ended up staying at Presley for like nine years. Oh and that, wow! And that's Presley in the North End. Yeah. Owned by a chef owner, Anthony Caterano, who yep. is also related to you. Yeah, right? he's my cousin, so I ended up becoming the chef there. Uh, awesome. After a year of working there, it, I was really young. I was like 25, 26, however old I was. And I uh, became a chef there. Um, then we had a fire. Oh, yeah. I and we had a that. fire in like... Um, so, and we had a fire there. And I've been to Italy a few times before that. And we were sitting around the table one day. I'm like, ah, and we have this fire. Anthony was good enough to get us paying us with this business director insurance. And so getting paid, I was like, I should go to Italy. So I'm like trying to figure out how I could go cook in Italy. Oh. So I had this Italian rep at the time. And he's like, oh, just fly over there and I'll hook you up. Beautiful. And then, so I had a bunch of family there. So I was in contact with them. Where in Italy? So I was down. 
So it was down in Avellino, uh, Amalfi, oh, nice. and then I went up to Verona, Bologna, Alba. So I was, I was all over the place. Is, was that experience better than your Nantucket experience? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Italy was amazing. So, flew to Italy, not knowing what the hell was going on. I didn't have a hotel room booked. I had nothing booked. I was, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So I rented You're the a, man of figuring it out. Yeah, so I was just kind of figuring it out. So I, I rented a smart car. <laughs> and, so for those of you that know Chef Rob, yeah, I'm I think you're yeah. bigger than the smart car. Yeah, I'm bigger than the smart car. So, you know, <laughs> at, at the time I was a little smaller back then. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, went to the smart car, and I just started bouncing around all these places. So I went to the Amalfi, got to work in a bunch of restaurants on the Amalfi Coast, and see what's going on. I had, like a, I had a person every city I went to. So then I went down to Avellino, where my family's from, Avellino. And my father's side's from Avellino, my mom's side's from Abruzzi. So I went down to Avellino, and I started working in this hotel. And Avellino is... Right below Naples, mm-hmm. so it's in Capania, the land of pizza. The land of pizza. The land of pizza. Is that where Neapolitan style, style pizza, pizza like, comes from? That's where it's. That's where it comes cool. from. So I started working this. So I lived in this hotel with this guy Robert, and we would go truffle hunting every morning. You went truffle hunting? Yeah, at two or three o'clock in the morning. It's like that's a. The biggest trouble we found is in that picture right there with dogs and. He's showing us a picture of him truffle <laughs> hunting. And uh, we would uh, go truffle hunting, you know, still black, still black outside, and we truffle hunt every morning. And one morning, we're, we had a crazy morning, we're finding all these truffles, and I don't really speak too much Italian, but I can understand, so we're speaking broken so English, broken Italian, back and forth with each other. Need, did you need permission to do this? Well, how did you go out there? It's this? Italy, you don't need permission to do anything, <laughs> you know? Did you have, like, you know, you know yeah, were you protected in case someone... Well, the guy, he had, in Italy, you're not allowed to have handguns, this guy... So this is this is part of the story. So we have all these dogs, and we roll up to our spot. We're going to travel on this old abandoned monastery. It's right there. So we pull up. It's like my second day there. So we pull up to this garage, and he covers like his truck. He's like off road truck with like all these branches and a door. And he's like, oh my god, it's kind of weird. He's like hiding his truck. Like you know, who's going to come out in the middle of the woods? So we start travel hunting, and we start walking the woods. And now we're in the middle of the woods, and he looks at me. And he tells me. Italian, he has a gun. Don't tell anyone he has a gun because you're not allowed to have you know to have handgun right. in Italy. Oh boy! And he's like, if you see anybody, tell me right away. The dogs will alert me, but tell me, and we gotta hide because people Jeez. the economy is so bad there that truffles are worth more than the actual oh, like the currency. Currency, yeah, yeah. it's wow. like hot, and truffles are really hard to find at this time. So wine was good, truffles are bad, and uh, he's like, you see anybody? We gotta hide. The dogs will alert me. He goes. Don't talk to anybody. Don't tell anyone where we are. He's like, didn't want me to mark it on my phone or anything. So I walk through the woods, walk through the woods, we start seeing people. And he starts, like, just diving in ditches. And I'm like, <laughs> look, I know where we found the dogs. Like, he had trained the dogs to stay low. So, like, when you unearth a truffle in the middle of the woods, you can smell it for 100 yards away, depending oh, wow. on how, like, they're the, very uh, pungent. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Like, so all the dirt around it all smells like truffle, but you can smell it by the wind. So the, whatever way the wind's blowing, you can smell like somebody unearthing a trouble for like, you can't see it, but you can smell it wow. through the air. So that's what's happening with us. So we're finding so many. And we have this huge sack, and it just stinks like cigarettes and truffles, right? <laughs> and so we're finding all these truffles, and now it's time to go. So we're like, he's like, okay, we, we're going. He's like, keep up. And he just starts booking it through the woods, like <laughs> running as fast as he can. And he knows the woods really well. I'm like. I can't believe how fast this guy's running. So I'm sprinting after. You're in the after. dark. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's light out now. So okay. it's, it's, it's light out now. So now we're sprinting out of the woods. Dogs are going, going, going. And then all of a sudden we hear like a group of people coming. And he dives in a creek. Jeez. And he takes his pistol and he cocks it. Oh, my God. And he starts pointing it to the people. 
Uh, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm, I'm about to die in the middle of the woods. Of <laughs> that was like my only thought that was going through my head. What a way to go. Yeah, I'm like, I can't believe it's my final moments. I'm doing, I, I listen, traveling sucks because it's like, you know, it's like basically you're literally hiking. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going out like this. And uh, the dog's real quiet and the people pass us. And I'm watching people pass us. I look back and this guy's already gone. So we get, so we jump in his car, his 4x4, four four, and he just, Books in reverse, and like we don't uncover it, and we go straight down a hill behind us, and logs, and it was crazy. We were going reverse down a hill, and he's like, "Just looking at me, laughing." And I'm like, "This guy is absolutely out, <laughs> out of, of his mind. mind, out of his mind." So I think you so, have an appreciation for truffles now, don't you? Yeah. So I so so uh, so so we we go to our next pub, we find a bunch of truffles. So we go back to the hotel, we eat a little lunch. I fall asleep. So he comes and he wakes him. He's like, yeah, "Come on, come on, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go out. We're, we're gonna go do something." So, um, right, okay, he's all dressed nice. So I put jeans on and a shirt, and we book it. And we get in his car. But before we get in the car, we, we go to the walk, and he has all the truffles in like these big five gallon glass jars. And he has we have puccinis, black truffles, white truffles. So we grab all the we grab everything we have, and we put it in the back of his car, and we start flying down the uh, the autostrada. So we get to like this random place, this random gas station in the middle of nowhere. And we pull around back. And it's a, it's a, bla- it's a truffle auction, an illegal truffle the auction. Black market. Black market truffle so, auction. Like, just out of curiosity, how much? That's crazy. We how, have like, how much, like we have like value of tr- of mushrooms were on that truck. Uh, in our car, in this car, I don't know. We had like probably market twenty. Value? We had probably twenty pounds of truffles, easy. So we're talking easy. about that hundreds of two hundred thousand dollars worth of mushrooms. I, I, Probably say less. I I never knew because I couldn't understand. Right. You know. That's so insane. It was insane. It was insane, and the truffles were really expensive. So we get to the back of this market. And it's all Americans huh. that are buying these truffles, and then people from Alba, and they're all telling me it's like, oh, you know, don't tell anyone. They everything's secret. If yeah. so like, don't tell anyone here. Don't like, tell anyone, but everyone like, knows. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, it's like, how much to tell anyone? I don't even know where I am. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm only here for a uh, short stint. Like, I'm not gonna tell anybody. So we're talking, and I start talking to a bunch of Americans, and they're telling me the, the secret with truffles. And the secret. The secret with truffles, and that there's no truffles really in the north anymore in Alba. It's, it's all a ruse. And at the time, they had the big truffle festival. So uh, all these people down there from Alba, and they're all buying the truffles there. And they're, and they're bringing them back up? Bringing them back up, or they're taking them, and they ship them to the U.S., and uh, they don't go anywhere else. You go up there, and then over here. So... so so the auction's over, right? And everyone has like fifty, mm. like uh, fifty thousand euro, like bills, whatever, five, five ten thousand euro yeah. bills. It's all anyone has, and they just wait him, bam, bam, and it happens in thirty seconds. And everyone closes up at the same time, and they all get a beer, a glass of wine in the gas station, and, and they all leave awesome. at the exact same time. Wow! Like unison, it was like crazy. So I'm like sitting there, like no idea what the hell just happened. You know, it's taking me like twenty minutes to process. My master in the car was happening. He's got a huge smile on his face, and he shows me this wad of cash. Hmm. He's like. Today was a good day. And we're okay. flying down the highway, and, and, like, that night we went back, and we uh, we had to make wine that night. So we were, before we started making the wine, we... Um, so hold on one second. One one day you're you're unearthing truffles, and the next day you're making wine. No, this is all the same day. Same day. It's the same day. It's the same day. So so we go back. So so we go back. He's like, go take a nap for, like, 20 minutes. Come down, and we'll make dinner. So he's got his mother there, and his, his huge freaking dinner. And it's like a seven-course truffle dinner that his mom, the mother's cooking for us. 
And it was just like insane. But, you know, and then we had a little bit of uh, gravy, and they had like the pork skin, the lamb, the gravy, and then you eat, you eat the pasta and the gravy, and we have all these truffles, and I'm like, it was the best meal I ever had. And there, it's only Tarasi grape. So he's only making Tarasi, which is like the typical grape of uh, Avalina. Campania, right? Oh, okay. like Campania, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Tarasi's good there. You know, because you're making it. In, and know. then you're in the moment. You're yeah. in the environment. Yeah, you're, in the, you're in the moment. So Experience. it's like, he's whipping up Tarasi with dust all over it. We go down to a cellar to go make the wine, and we're just hammered. <laughs> you know, Tarasi. I'm like, oh, I love Tarasi. And it's, uh, it's unbelievable wine. We're drinking stuff that's, I don't know, from the 70s, 60s. And we're having a great time. And then they make like a alcohol off the Tarasi that's more of a concentrated yeah. alcohol. It's phenomenal. So that's all. That's all I drank then was Tarasi grape and a couple. and it was uh, it was an amazing experience. But we would hunt wild boar and cook the tringale and do that for dinner and do like the lamb. Then it was this is like a script. Awesome, this yeah. is like a script yeah. for a, either so, a show or a movie. Right? In yeah. So in the hotel they had you know they would do pizza, capani pizza, and so uh, I worked with this guy who was one of the most famous pizza makers on Capani, but he was a drunk, he was a burnout. So he lived in mm-hmm. the hotel, and like this was his job. So he basically lived. He worked for to live there. Right. So he taught me how to make Neapolitan stuff for like two weeks. Oh, wow. And I would just sit there. And that's a process. Yeah, it was a process. We'd make dough every night. We'd do all the cheeses. And next door was a mozzarella shop. So everything for the pizza was made right in this little village. So the olive oil was right behind us. The factory for olive oil was right there. So we'd go make olive oil. The guy next door was making buffalo mozzarella. Was making mozzarella. And it, was, it was insane. So everything was right there, right in like three stores away. So it was a hotel, mozzarella shop, olive oil shop. It's, it's a, a Salou Maria. It was insane. It's like this, like exactly what you said. Like, how would you picture in a movie somebody going to Italy and living? But in reality, it usually doesn't happen like that. But it really but sounds as, like it as an American. <laughs> yeah, and everyone knew I was the American. So everyone was like staring at me, and like all the little kids would run up to me and like start talking to me in Italian. Like I was like just like yeah, I don't know, like some kind of sideshow, right? And so it, it was it, it was pretty funny, you know. I was like it was like a little village, probably like. So oh, 80 people lived there, and, felt and like. You never see anyone in the streets. So how long were you out there for? All in all? I, I was out there for a couple months. Months. And yeah. that was just enough time for the restaurant Preza to kind of be rebuilt, rebuilt and yep. for you to come back and be like fresh and ready after this yeah, Taylor, so ready, Taylor yeah. experience. So, so, after, so after that, uh, I went up to uh, you know Florence and Alba. I worked in Alba and I, I went to Verona and I had a great experience like making a risotto, working, living on a risotto farm, uh, wow. a rice farm in Verona. So I did that. Um, Bologna was insane. Just doing like so could stodging you, around. Could you say that your short experience in Italy versus your educational experience at CIA, did you get more out of that experience in Italy than you? Oh yeah, have? but well, by far. So I got to cook with my family there, my great aunts. You know, so yep. like, they taught me like, a lot of old family secrets about food. But I would say that. But my technique at CIA was is invaluable. You know how, right. how they teach you that. Correct. How you cook sure. from these French and then guys. You apply what you learned in. Italy. But my mindset when I came back was completely different. When right. I came back from Italy, and that's how Your I cook now. Your appreciation for food and simplicity, and like it's kind of a word that I use. But I learned in Italy, you don't need a 50, 60 ingredients in a dish. You know, twenty ingredients. It's like four or five things. Quality on the dish. That's how people want to eat. Yeah. You know, light. Well, no one wants heavy stuff. Well, I've, I've. I've seen that over the years with you, known you as a, as a, as a chef. That your dishes basically portray exactly what you said, flavorful but simple. Exactly, and like you know, I'm not into crazy plating, and I'm not into crazy. You know, I, I did foams. I don't do foams anymore. I don't do any of these like emulsion uh, emulsions, like yeah. certain types of emulsions. You know, I'm not doing. A lot of that's grill. more entertainment, in my opinion, than, yeah. than anything. Yeah. But so you come back from Italy, you're back. 
behind Preza. the fire at Preza. Which... Yeah, so so we re- read the menu for Preza based on like what what I saw. We cut the classics and we opened up to like you know like crazy globe review to 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 what we did. And you know, so like Preza's back out of the fire it was like a big deal. Um, you know, all all the food we did, you know, and that I learned in Italy, and we were doing it, executing it so easy to do. Yeah, you know, and everything's cooked to the minute, <clears throat> and it was crazy. So. We had a great run, had a great run there, and then um, a few years later, this kind of came about, and I got married, opened up a restaurant, and now I'm having twins. So Congratulations. Like, two years, yeah, two years, so it's been wow. like... You're putting everything in the fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything's like, everything's Chaos. crazy, it's crazy, <laughs> it feels like one day. How life works out. It really, really feels like one day. So, you, I wouldn't say maybe good 10 years at Preza? And then you decided that, you know what, it's time for me to do my own thing. Time to yeah. move on. on your own. Yeah. And I, was, I remember you were scouting for locations for a while, right? I yeah. never can, you know, Did touch you base with you. Did you go from Preza to here? Or yeah, I went, I went from Preza to here. Yeah, okay. yeah cause so, like, it was like, you know, I want to do Preza the, the respect of, like, not working anywhere else. Right. Yeah. You know? So what was that moment that you said to yourself, this is the place? This place. This place. So we're in this space here in Eden, Macapella. So this used to be the old former Petit Robert yeah. location. So, oh, okay. you know, you walked in here, and what was it about this space that you said, this is it? I mean, I think every, everyone has that moment. That, <clears throat> All right, you know, so that, let me give you, like, the background of, uh, of how I, I'll do it quick. So I tried to open in Boston. Boston didn't work out. I'm happy Boston didn't work out. Yeah. Um, Boston twice. So Boston twice didn't work out. Then I tried to open up in Andover. I'm from North Andover. Couldn't get anything going. In North Andover, Andover, there was no space available. Nothing. No, everywhere was busy. In North Andover, Andover, no one's leaving. Right. It's gold mine. Okay. So then I find a space in North Andover, Andover. The rent's too high, like crazy, like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars for rent. It's like insane. Jeez. And there's no parking. So it's like the, you know I think the most important thing with being in the suburbs is having the mix of rent and parking. I think it's like a must. Well, I couldn't find yeah. it in Andover. I couldn't find it in North Andover. I couldn't find it anywhere really in the Merrimack Valley. So it was really deterring. So I'm like, I don't I want to do it. And um, so I held out for a while, and I kept. And then this popped up, and I'm like, oh, this has parking, and, you know, and it's parking on both sides. It's like you know, 600 spaces around here, but they're always full. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and then, you know, I was like, two lots. There's a private lot over here that's always empty at night, and then this huge public lot over here, and then it's all the street parking. So I'm like, that's three pe- place for people to park. Okay. Um, that. You could always find parking, and the rent was good. So I'm like, yeah. And then the demographics of this area really intrigued me, you know. And uh, I thought if I could open here and do what I want to do, I could have support. And, yeah, it, things have been good since, you know. I commend you. I, yeah. I have heard nothing but great reviews. I've dined here myself. Uh, a lot of our family and friends and network have dined here. I, I think that's probably uh, a... In, Correct me if you want to, but I think it's like a a presa of Needham, in a sense, because you bring that element here. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you have your own identity, you have your own style, um, but the experience here is by far, I think, uh, you know, you really think that you are in a, in a Boston setting. Yeah, yeah that, that's how we did it. We did, like, you know, a lot of the copper tables. We did, I did this crazy port floor and uh, wainscoting, dark wainscoting over the walls, uh, cold steel, hot, I mean, hot rolled steel everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I did that. It was too loud, so I put a bunch of sound paneling in, and um, you see everywhere. But yeah. it was it, it was kind of what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted it to be a neighborhood place. Yeah. But I wanted to 
have people like just have that little extra special experience when we came in here. Yeah, yeah j- j- just a little bit, you know, and um, do food that is relatable but just done better. I and agree. That's it. And, um, you know, as the Urban Wine Club, you know, we always want to mention, you know, the, the great cooking that you have here is accompanied by a, a very well curated wine program. And i got to say the, the selections on the wine list are very approachable, they're interesting, and they really suit uh, the menu that you put out here as well. Yeah, so I, I have a great general manager who's a level two or level three psalm. I don't know. It's like the psalm thing I'm not too familiar <laughs> with. You know, it's impossible to keep up with. Right. But he he's super knowledgeable about wine. And it's, you know, he can tell you who made a vintage, what winemaker made a vintage on most wines. Hmm. He's like that into it. Mm. That's like right. that's something I. It's like be, it's like knowing baseball statistics. <laughs> right. Like like this is how much this guy knows. He's, he was a uh, wine director over at uh, Del Frisco's, and he worked for Brom over at Co Twenty Three. So he's coming through this crazy, you know, background of wine, and he built a great wine list. So yeah, it's it's very commendable. I I, I highly recommend for those. Any of us. any favorites on this list or any recommendations from his list? So what's crazy about this list is we have this list and then we have another list. So this is the list we show most people. And okay. then uh, So we, who gets the other list? So it, that's so here's a deal with the other list. The other <laughs> list is uh, a little re, more like reserve. Right. So okay. this, that, it, list, that list that century before. Right. You know, we have like two thousand Mouton and you know crazy opus ones on there and um Screaming so Eagles you, on that if list. If you want to spend a little Dons. money you got it, right? Yeah, so we give this list out this is like the approachable list, you know, like to make people feel comfortable. I don't want to really advertise the list unless people are yeah. in the know about it because I don't want to put people off. You yeah. know, it's like That's it's smart. there if you want it. You right. know, if you want to come in and get a deal, the, that reserve list is a deal. But a lot of people don't um, yeah. understand that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If, some, if some typical person, person like me right. comes in here, like I would be more comfortable when I say that. And exactly. I'd be a little... So intimidated like, by the other one. So a lot of the um, vintage, you know, um, cat, uh, Bordeaux wines we have, they say like to be like six thousand dollars on a list in Boston. They're like two here, you know. So we're we're giving oh, that much, here. yeah. So like, <laughs> so that's kind of like crazy how it is here. And yes. but still, people would if I put that on the internet, people would get turned off by it and not coming. Yeah. So that's why that's why we kind of hide the list a little bit. Sure. And so, Rob, uh, tell us, you know, for for our listening audience. Tell us a little, in a nutshell, about what about Capella and what you offer, and um, you know anything that would intrigue our guests to check you out. Basically, your background alone is intriguing for people to come try it out the restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you're here seven days a week. Unfortunately. <laughs> yep. Yeah, fortunately so, for so us, I'm and, uh, uh, I'm here a lot. I got a great team right now. I'm very, very, very happy with our staff. Uh, most of our guys are trained in Boston that are um, serving and cooking. Um, but we have a wood grill back there, and we do all prime beef. So oh, wow. capsake prime from Brant. We do an unbelievable sirloin special basically every night by uh, Dakota Ranch prime. Uh, we do a huge 38-ounce tomahawk prime Brant beef. Um, chicken's all organic. Pork's all ABF, antibiotic-free. What about your pastas? Pastas are made every single day. Uh, from scratch. scratch. In-house. In house. Wow. You know, either, either by hand or extruded. I got a crazy machine from Italy, breast eyes, that we do. All the sauces are made for hours, you know. Jeez. Um, and then our our bar is great. You know, we do we don't really do too much crafty cocktails, but we do solid good cocktails. 
that are approachable, and we do a burger, a prime burger, chicken wings on that menu, um, salads. So, 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 so we're trying to hit the points for everybody. I was going to say, you could come in here and have an elegant, delicious meal. You could sit at the bar. You could kind of hang out, have, yep. uh, you know, more, what would you call it, like a bar? Casual. Yeah. Yeah. More social, social yeah. Uh, yeah. setting at the bar. Because the, the layout is, is great. Uh, everybody out there. Should. Are you open for lunch? No, soft lunch. Soft lunch. Right. I, I couldn't get we're lunch. Ju- we're just dinner, right? Yeah, so I'm just doing and, dinner. And right um, you do some cool events during the week. Yeah, so um, we do. We have this new concept that we're doing. We've done about three or four of these yep. nights called Wine Wednesdays. And it's forty dollars cool. all inclusive ticket for um, technical food included. We just cook a bunch of food, and oh, we have coming. we have wine people, wine reps from different companies yep. that come and just pour their wine. So it's like six, seven different wines and, every uh, Wine Wednesday, and it's kind of like. I'm not, I'm not really regulating you on, like, say, okay, three ounce each. Kind of, like, come in and just kind of... Like Enjoy let, yourself. Let it flow. Right. Yeah. And you take reservations. Yep. Reservation yep. on and, uh, and can you, uh, can you give the web address? It's uh, capellarestaurant.com. And if you were to spell capella... C-A-P-P-E-L-L-A. Double P, double L. Yep. Restaurant.com. Yep. And you can book reservations online. Yep. Do the website. If you ever want to check out our Wine Wednesday things, they're... And night, what night through. is that on? Uh, it's on Wednesday. I don't know when. Um, I don't know when the next one's gonna be because we just did one. We did All the right. we did the feast of seven fishes theme. Oh, we did nice. like a bunch of different fish. So we seven. We did thirteen fish and we did ton of ton of whites. But that those are on our Facebook at Capella Restaurant. Uh, you can buy tickets through Facebook. Right. Oh, cool. through, through so you're on right. Facebook. You're on Instagram. Yeah. All that cool stuff. Instagram's great because we're huge. Uh, Fancy Gourmet is a huge follower of us. I know. And they're they're in all the time. It's unbelievable. Awesome. So they just posted a video of uh, we do this truffle pecorino cheese wheel. So we put a bunch of pasta in a cheese wheel. Oh, I it's saw made, that. It's made of truffles. That's insane. And uh, yeah, it's huge, huge. It's like really, really popular so you, dish. You just put the pasta inside the wheel of cheese and you swirl. Yeah, so cheese, yeah, like we cheese. It's awesome. awesome. all like truffle, and we we make a ketchup and pepe. It's pecorino, so we throw pepper in there. So it's truffle ketchup and pepe out of the truffle wheel. And oh, so they just put a video. We get like. I think they have 35,000 views on that. Jeez. Wow, awesome. So we were just on Phantom. We're back on Phantom again this weekend, um, 10 a.m. Sunday. Check it out. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. check that out. And uh, we're in studio, so they're huge supporters. And we're just we're just trying to drive the business, and we're trying to... You're doing a great job. Yeah, we're just, we're just trying to make great everyone job. happy that comes in these doors. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love all of our listening audience to check out Capella Restaurant in Needham. And the last thing that I wanted to kind of send us off on is asking you, Chef, when it comes down to you ordering wine, or what is your wine? What is what does Chef Rob drink for wine these days? Uh, man, I'm like I know it's a loaded question, but that's so tough. But so I'm I'm really I'm not drinking a lot of Cali right now. I'm, okay, I'm I'm all about Italy. Okay, and it depends on the mood and the year I'm in. But and I think uh, we're drinking some Italian white wine today. Yeah, I, I really love it? the Edna stuff. Let's have a cheers to Chef Rob and allowing us at the Urban Wine Club to spend some time with yeah. him. Cheers. Because I know that the kitchen staff is waiting for him. But uh, <laughs> So you're all about Italian. I, and that's great. A lot of great Italian wines coming all over. North, South, Sardinia, yeah. Sicily. Um, it's all great. But uh, Chef, we just wanted to thank you for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you for uh, having thank, us here. Thank you. It's a great place. It's beautiful. Check it out. Go to the website. Uh, the address? CapellaRestaurant.com. And the, the physical address? Uh, 45 Chapel Street in Needham. Needham. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so thank much, you. Chef. Thank you.